At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the look at right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We've got a great hour coming up for you as it is officially Wednesday in the continental 48 states. So happy Wednesday to you all. And going to try to give you guys as many trips to the window as humanly possible as we've got a big slate of baseball that we've begun to dive into, but not a lot of games that. And we've got some stones unturned in them. So we're going to be taking a look at them. And in about 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by the man who is the ultimate Swiss Army Knife here at VEASAN, Wes Reynolds. He does a great job just on a wide variety of shows. Also hosts the show set slash podcast dedicated to golf in long shots. So we're going to be talking about what we're going to be getting with regards to the Open Championship coming up. We're going to be talking a little bit of Wimbledon as well. So we're going to be going across the pond with him. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And... And a lot of fun that's going to be coming up on this MOB card for this Wednesday as well. How about if we wind up going with an interleague game here of 975-976 on the bang board. The LA Angels, they're going to be on the road facing off against the Miami Marlins. They are hoping the Marlins are. That's going to be Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It's Trevor Rogers. He goes for Miami. Meanwhile, Shoei Otani is going to be on the bump for Los Angeles. This is a total that we're seeing at 7. A lot of places have the juice on the over right around a minus 120 and... For the Angels, pretty sizable favorites. They open up at minus 150. Now you're finding them as high as a minus 170 at DraftKings. I'm seeing a lot of other right around minus 160-ish prices. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the fish, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 140, seeing the high mark of a plus 152. And I needed at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot on the Miami Marlins. But seeing what we're seeing right now, DraftKings plus 145, a couple other places, even up to a plus 150 or so, I'm going to be willing to nibble here. Now, with Trevor Rogers, it has been a very bad year for him, and a lot of it is because he is very much someone that relies upon being able to get swings and misses, being able to get strikeouts to really set himself up, and his strikeouts per nine rate, it's still not terrible, but it's down from the right around 10 and a half that we wound up seeing last season. Thus far this year, it's been more in that neighborhood of about an eight-ish, so as a result, he has not been able to have such great results because he is someone that he is going to give out quite a few free passes. As a matter of fact, right around four and a half walks per nine innings. And for Shoei Otani, towards the beginning part of last season, what really wound up dooming him a little bit was that he was giving up a lot of walks towards back half of the season. He was able to rein that in and as a result, was able to become one of the better pitchers out there in the American League. And thus far this season, when Shoei Otani has been on the mound, he has been very good for this team. Right around 12-ish strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate. 
That is in the neighborhood about it, too. So he's been able to do a nice job there. Now, you take a look at the Miami Marlins, and they certainly are a lineup that they've been dealing with a couple of ailments. They've been without Ori Soler recently. Jazz Chislam, he has been in and out of the fold, but they've gotten a couple guys healthy as well, which I think could wind up hurting Shoy Otani in this start as John Birdie. He, along with Brett Anderson, have been able to come back. Both of these guys are hanging above a 265. You've got a guy in Garrett Cooper who's been able to hit right around 300, getting back Joey Wendell. That's going to be beneficial, and the big trepidation you've got with this Angels team is that even if Shoy Otani winds up coming out, he winds up firing seven strong innings, you still got the bullpen that has been absolutely terrible this year. Ryan Tapera, Aaron Loop, throwing their Rossi Iglesias. These are your seventh through ninth inning guys. All these guys have posted up an ERA of at least a 3-6 thus far this season, and, and it's really become guys like Jose Quijada, who have really been your top bullpen pieces, Jimmy Ergett was doing a solid job out there in the bullpen. He's currently on the injured list. It has been a rough year for pitching in general for the LA Angels. And when you've got a year in which is involving some rough pitching, you need the bats to be able to pick it up. And overall for the year, the Angels offense has been solid. You've got Mike Trout, who's been able to give you 23 home runs, hanging a little bit above a 270 thus far this season. But he has really been in a funk recently. I believe that he has just won it over his last four games. So, and it's not necessarily been what you want to see there. You do have Mr. Otani himself doing a solid job getting the team 18 home runs, hitting right around 260, and then past that. Jared Walsh has made with about a 250. He's got 13 home runs and was actually an all-star last season for the LA Angels. But you're noticing that the bottom of the lineup, the bottom is really falling out on this team. Andrew Vasquez, he's hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. Brandon Marsh, after he had a solid start to the year, he's hitting a 225. You're going to be without Anthony Rendon for the rest of the season. Kurt Suzuki, Jack Mayfield, insert your sort of platoon player here. All these guys are in a 215 or lower. And for the Miami Marlins, maybe dealing with a couple guys like a Jacob Stallings, for instance, that have not necessarily been too terrific. But that said, hard to necessarily have a lot of faith in the Angels at this big of a price. I think that if you would have gotten to more like a minus 130, minus 135, I'd be in on this. I need at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot here on the Miami Marlins, but I'm going to be willing to because there should be a little bit of positive progression in for Trevor Rogers, especially at home. He's got a north of eight ERA overall at home, and you take a look at his sort of advanced numbers. His ERA for the season is a 556, more on a 474 fielding independent, which means that he still hasn't necessarily been great, but he's been a little bit more unlucky than you'd think that he would be. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a little bit of a better job in this spot, especially going up against an Angels team that it's just been really bad for them just in the last few games in general. Once again, a offense that had been able to do a very solid job to begin the season ever since they wound up starting this road trip. They have scored now approximately one or two runs in each out of their last four games. And as a matter of fact, they have scored four runs or fewer. And I'm doing the math in my head right now. I believe each out of their last nine games. So it's been really rough. For the LA Angels as far with regards to the offense. I do think that they're going to be able to bust out a little bit more. And this is the Miami Marlins bullpen that they themselves are in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen area as well. They've had a lot of guys underperforming. Anthony Bass has been relatively solid. But anyone that wanted to take the run line of the Miami Marlins knows just how bad this bullpen can be. So I do think that the total of seven, it is a little bit too low in this spot. Miami a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but it's actually been yielding quite a few overs this year. I think that it's going to yield another one on Wednesday, so I'm looking at the over and being able to get this plus price with the Miami Marlins. I'm going to be willing to take a shot there. One of the bigger favorites on the board, 
That would be the Houston Astros as we do wind up going 973-974 right next to this game on the betting board as the Kansas City Royals, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Houston Astros as Christian Javier is going to be going for the Astros and Brad Keller is on the bump for Kansas City. Kansas City find themselves a very sizable underdog. They open up a plus 205. Now the low mark that I'm seeing on them is a plus 215. I am seeing as high in some spots as right around a plus 230, plus 235. And for the Astros, they are up to a minus 250 or greater. I'm seeing as high as a minus 275 on them. A lot of places have an A and F for a total. Right now, DraftKings, they are right now the lone soldier holding strong at an 8. And I like the total under at an 8. I like the total under at an 8 and a half. Houston has been incredible in terms of being a play under this season with right around 64 to 65% of their games having gone under the total of Christian Javier. He is coming off of 27 strikeouts in his last two starts. The guy has been absolutely incredible, and he's backed up by a bullpen that is in the top two in the league in terms of ERA. I do question how sustainable this bullpen performance is of the Houston Astros, though, because right now you've got Rafael Montero posting up a sub-2 ERA. Brian Sanic has had a sub-1 ERA. Seth Martinez is posting up a sub-1 ERA, and you just take a look at it and yeah, the Houston Astros bullpen, it is very much improved from what we've seen in recent years, but this is just not sustainable in my opinion. Meanwhile, for the Kansas City Royals, this has been a bottom five bullpen out there in the big leagues. These guys have not been good, to say the least, and Josh Shamount hitting the injured list. That does not wind up helping out their cause whatsoever, but Joel Payamps has been able to give you some relatively solid innings, and I feel like this has been a bullpen that has just been getting a little bit unlucky in general. Now, Amir Garrett is someone that you want absolutely no part of whatsoever, north of a 6 ERA, and I just still don't understand whoever thought that this guy was going to be a good pitcher, but a fielding independent that has actually been better than their ERA, so they should see things wind up getting reined in a little bit more, and when it comes to this Kansas City Royals team in general, the offense, it certainly has been lacking a little bit of something, but where Merrifield has been able to come along over the last 30 days, hitting in the neighborhood about a 265. You've been able to get a little bit of power as well out of Bobby Wood Jr. He's been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers. You're going to need guys like a Nicky Lopez at the bottom of the fold to be able to help out a little bit, but for the Houston Astros, the reason why they have been playing so many unders is that they themselves have a lot of guys towards the bottom of the lineup that have not been able to hit. The entire catcher spot for this team is hitting below them Dallas line of 200. doesn't matter if it's Mr. Castro, it doesn't matter if it's going to be Martin Maldonado, who typically winds up getting a lot of these starts. Just that entire catcher spot in general has been a mess. And then you've got guys like Jose Siri, Mauricio Dubon, who have not been able to hit very well. You do have Jeremy Pena, Jose Altuve at the top, giving you a double-digit amount of formers for Altuve. Along with Kyle Tucker, both of these guys, 16 home runs, and for Altuve and Pena, both hitting right around 275. Jordan Alvarez, I feel like, deserves a little bit more attention with regards to being a top five MVP candidate, I would not give the award to him over someone like an Aaron Judge or even Shohei Otani, but I do think that he deserves a little bit of recognition when you wind up getting between 24 and 25 home runs, north of a 4 iron base, north of a 3 iron batting average. That certainly is an accomplishment, but I do think that this is a Royals team that is going to be able to get a relatively decent start out of Brad Keller as well. Brad Keller throughout his career has always had a tough time in terms of command, and when you wind up not getting a lot of strikeouts, that winds up hurting you. He's only getting right around 5.9 strikeouts per nine innings, but last season wound up having 4.3 walks per nine innings. He's lowered that to three this season. Aside from the pandemic shortened 2020 season, he's always been above that end. His home and road splits are very equal. He's posting up in ERA as hovering right around a 4-2-3 in both spots. As a matter of fact, 4-23 at home, 4-24 on the road. He is 
having a record of a three and nine, the nine losses that currently leads the American League. But I feel like that's a little bit deceiving in that he just has had a little bit of bad luck in general, winding up not going his way. So I do think that the Kansas City Royals starting to provide a little bit of value. You did wind up seeing them on Monday very nearly take down the Houston Astros. They were able to get out early. They were able to get to Jake Odorizzi. And with Christian Javier having a little bit of a lack of command, I think that he's going to give a relatively good start. But I do think that he might wind up getting knocked out a little bit earlier than expected. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under in this spot. And I think that getting north of a plus 220, you've just gotten up to a little bit too far of a point on this money line. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Royals to go along with that under. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at some sports across the pond with our good friend Wes Reynolds of VEASAN right here on the look at on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to be able to dive in on the action, Blue Moon made brighter. 21 years or older, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly. Yes, it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson. And great to have on this man as he is the ultimate Swiss Army knife here at VEASAN. Feels like this guy can cover a little bit of everything. You want to know about the NFL, college football, what have you, he's got you covered. But when it comes to more of the ancillary markets, he also does an amazing job here, and he also is one of the hosts of our show slash podcast Long Shots, as well as dedicated to golf coverage. And Wes, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Good to be with you, Greg. It is great to have you aboard. And Wes, we're going to dive into what we're going to be getting in the Open Championship in a minute. But first things first, I know that you've got a little bit of a play when it comes to this Rafael Nadal versus Taylor Fritz matchup right now. Finding Rafael Nadal on the money line right around a minus 270. Not much of a shock there, but I know that you're going to be taking a look at a little bit of something other than the money line. Take me through this one. Yeah, and uh, what you can do, Greg, if you're not wanting to play the outright on the money line, there's also another way to play this, and that's playing it by the amount of games. And uh, it's usually plus or minus games. And with here, with Taylor Fritz, he's getting four and a half games. You'd have to lay about a dollar twenty ish That means, you know, Nadal can still win the match. But when you total up the amount of games at the end of the match, 
if he wins by four or less, then your bet is going to be a winner if you're taking Taylor Fritz. And I do like the American Taylor Fritz here against Rafael Nadal. Look, Nadal has won the first two slams this year. He won the Australian Open and won the French Open like he pretty much does every year. But keep in mind, he's playing on like one foot out there. So, uh, you know, trying to manage that pain and, you know, you could get a flare-up right around the corner. And Nadal has actually looked more solid in his last two matches than his first two matches here at Wimbledon. But he hasn't been, you know, peak Nadal exactly. He dropped the third set against Serendulo in the first round, did the same thing against Barankis, gave back a tie break uh, in the third set against Sanego, and then was broken when he was serving for the match in the round of 16 against Von Dejulup. So he's not exactly peak Nadal, and I think he's dealing with an injury. And Taylor Fritz, this might be the opportunity for him to finally get Nadal because Nadal, or Taylor Fritz actually has not lost a set so far in Wimbledon. So uh, he gets a significant edge uh, on the back end. He's a really good high ball hitter. So he's going to make Nadal work. You kind of saw this morning, if you're watching the Yannick Sinner-Novak Djokovic match, Sinner went up two sets to love Djokovic with a nice comeback to go ahead and advance to the semifinals, won the last three sets. But I think Fritz can give Nadal some issues here. Now, the trick is, can he really finish him off? And I don't know if he can win the match, but I think four and a half games is kind of generous. So that's what I am going with. If you want to sprinkle a little bit on the money line, maybe go like a half unit. If you're doing a full unit on the games play with Taylor Fritz, you can get Taylor Fritz, uh, I think, about 230, 240 on the money line. Maybe go a half unit that he wins outright. Yep, and I do think that it's going to be just a great quarterfinal, semifinal that we're going to be seeing out there in Wimbledon as well. These matches have been absolutely insane, so going to be great to be able to watch that one. And Rafael Nadal in for a relatively tough test, in my opinion, in this one. And staying out there in the continent of Europe, I know you do a great job when it comes to our show slash podcast, Long Shots, taking a look at the game of golf. And right now we've got the tune-ups that are going down for the Open Championship. That is going to be going down in about a week and a half, and it's going to be at the old course this season. And what are you looking for both this week and with regards to the Open Championship? Because I notice a lot of times a lot of these guys that they wind up having good finishes in the lead-up to the Open Championship, they wind up being able to translate that to the major. Yeah, this is going to be interesting this week because we do have the Scottish Open that's going to start very early Thursday morning. And it's always the lead-up to the Open Championship. But this year you've got a really top-heavy field. You usually have a few guys at the top, but you pretty much got everybody at the top playing in this event except for Rory McIlroy. He's the only guy in the official world golf ranking top 15 that is actually not playing uh, this week at the Scottish Open. So you're not getting like a pure links test like you will get at St. Andrews. So this course could play a little bit easier, but Looking for guys that are obviously going to adjust to the weather conditions in terms of the wind, uh, perhaps it's going to pick up and be able to deal with just linked golf. You're going to have to deal with pot bunkers. You're going to have to deal with thick rough if you miss fairways. And, you know, that's kind of what you're looking at this week. So it, you had to respect the top of the board, I think, this week for the Scottish Open. But I didn't necessarily go with one of the real short favorites this week because you never know how you're going to approach it the week before major. You want to win every single time, but a lot of guys might be using this as a tune-up for the major next week. Yep, and how do you wind up gauging some of these guys that 
They've been sort of close, but they haven't been able to bust through. And more specifically, a guy like a Will Zalatoris, for instance, because I mean, he's been having a lot of runner-ups. He's been the bridesmaid for a lot of different times. He hasn't been able to quite bust through. How do you wind up taking a look at a lot of these guys? Because obviously you're able to take a look at a bunch of outrights, but on top of that, you're going to be able to take a look at a lot of ancillary markets as well as top fives, top tens, able to go down the list. Yeah, Will Zalatoris actually did make my card this week. And like you mentioned, Greg, still looking for that first PGA Tour victory. He's been so close so many times this year. Sixth or better in six of his last eight overall starts. He was the runner-up in each of the last two major championships, both the PGA and the U.S. Open. The, the guy is, is really talented, and, and the breakthrough is coming sooner rather than later. If you look, he ranked first in this field this week for strokes gain approach over the last 36 overall total rounds, which strokes gain approach measures your iron play, you know, and, and your second shots a lot into the green. So he has been really the best at that so far this season, especially really over the last three or four months. So I think that's going to translate here. I think he's a guy, he's so good on his irons. I don't think the wind is going to affect him very much. So uh, Will Zalatoris is actually somebody I played this week, and I'll probably have him next week. It's like, you know, he gets so close and you can't get away from him because when you get away from a guy and you say, well, maybe I'm going to stay away, that's when he goes ahead and wins sometimes in these majors. So uh, Will Zalatoris did make my card this week, and he will be on it next week. Yep, I don't blame you there. And in terms of what we're going to be seeing in the Open Championship as well, we know that there are a couple other ancillary events that are going down as well. There was a Pro-Am that was happening a little bit earlier this week as well, involving Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods. He's right now finding himself 40-1 to to be able to win the Open Championship. I think that you're in agreement with me. That's probably not the world's greatest value in the world, but how would you be looking to play Tiger Woods moving forward? Because something that I've noticed is that just as the rounds wind up going down, he winds up just breaking down in general. This is an older guy, and I do think that if you wind up seeing him winding up having a relatively solid start to the tournament, I think it might be a very good fade spot moving forward in terms of perhaps a missed cut, or if he does wind up being able to make the cut in terms of like matchups looking to fade him, because I just noticed that his first two rounds have been relatively solid, and then ever since then, if he does wind up being able to play the entirety of the tournament, it just winds up going downhill from there. Well, I, what I would say is if you're going to bet Tiger Woods, don't bet him at 50 to 1. You're going to get better in the market. I'm sure Jeff Davis, uh, who makes the golf odds down there right behind you at Circus Sports, is going to have a little bit of a bigger price on Tiger. I know Jeff Sherman at the Westgate put him at 100 to 1 on a little bit of a booster. Uh, Tiger Woods, keep in mind, has won two open championships on this course at St. Andrews next week. So, look, he skipped the U.S. Open because. He wanted to be as healthy as he could be going in. He knows that he doesn't have a lot more chances uh, to win really anywhere, but St. Andrews at least would give him a chance, I think, to contend. So I may actually have, and I have not bet Tiger in a long time, I may have a little piece of him, not at 50 to 1. I think anything 80 to 1, if you can get that, or 100 to 1, it's at least worth a chance because nobody knows the course better than Tiger Woods does. Yep, I agree with you. At 40 to 1, there's just not a lot of value here right now, and I do expect the numbers to be a little bit better. And just with regards to what we're going to be seeing either this week or next week, any outrights that you have fired on as of right now? Well, the one I already have was Cameron Smith, and I bet him for all four majors, starting with the Masters, just because 
I thought, you know, this guy's going to be in contention in a lot of them. He won the first event in Hawaii, won the Players' Championship. So this is a guy that can win big events, but he's been kind of in questionable form lately. Maybe he gets right here at the Open Championship. This is kind of a wide-open type of golf course where you've got to scramble, you've got to be really good around the greens and on the greens, and really around the green is the best part of Cameron Smith's game is creativity, his ability to recover from tough spots. So he's the guy I already have, and then I'm going to add more throughout the weekend and then, of course, next week. And uh, all the Scottish Open stuff, by the way, in Point Spread Weekly, also in the daily email, we'll have the selections in there tomorrow morning. And Wes does an amazing job. With all that, on top of that, our show Long Shots here at the Network. Wes, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. You got it, Greg. Thank you. Wes, the ultimate Swiss Army knife here at VEASAN. Always great to get him on board. And coming up next, we're going to take a look at some baseball for Wednesday right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current betting splits data. The current betting splits data will show you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. And now it is updated every 10 minutes. That way, you can see the changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money just does not wind up matching up with the public opinion. You can also check future events as well. So not just today, we've got you covered on a little bit of everything. Betting splits is another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits data for every single game now at VEASAN.com as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and always great to be able to have Wes Reynolds on the show. Does an absolutely amazing job here at the network looking at a wide variety of things. And got to give a shout-out to all the guys behind the scenes that make this wonderful show possible. Jason, who wound up booking an absolutely excellent guest list. And then on top of that, you've got Oliver, who posts up every single hour of every single show, whether it be Follow the Money, this show, the look at, along with that, you got like the nightcap list goes on and on. We post up every single hour of every single show at vsin.com slash podcast or the vsin best bets feed wherever you get your podcast. You've got Oliver in charge of that. You've got my technical director, Nick, who gives you all the graphics and just the lovely display that you wind up seeing on the screen. And Taylor, he gets me set up on audio. Sometimes I may sound like a buffoon, but I sound sharp while sounding like a buffoon, and Taylor is to thank for that. So these guys all do their part. They're the best in the business. So now it's time for me to come through and do my part. Then get a look at the game of baseball. Try to be able to spot some winners for you guys. So how about if we wind up going out to a little bit of an American League game as we've got a day game between the Blue Jays and the Oakland A's. This is 967, 968 on the betting board. Got Jose Barrios, who's going to be on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays, and James Caprillion, he's on the bump for the Oakland A's as the Jays. They're right now looking to avoid losing three straight games to the Oakland A's, and they're finding themselves to do so in a lot of places right around a minus 172 to a minus 180 favorite, and when it comes to Oakland, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 152 and plus 162 with a total in a lot of places at an 8. I'm seeing currently DraftKings being really the lone market that is offering an 8.5 right now, and this is a spot in which I am going to be taking a look at and over, whether it be an 8 or an 8.5 for Jose Barrios. He has just not been going well for him all season long. He's got a negative war. He's got a fielding independent that still is not great, despite the fact that the ERA, it has went sky high. He has north of a 5.5 ERA. And the big thing with Jose Barrios is that his swing and miss stuff has been down. His velocity, it hasn't necessarily been the world's greatest concern, but 
He just doesn't have the same movement on his pitches this season, and it has affected everything that he's doing because he's not giving up a lot of walks. 2.4 walks per nine innings. That's relatively what you could expect from Barrios. It's up a little bit from last year, but nothing too alarming there. But with not being able to get swings and misses, it has made him a very below-average pitcher thus far as he's giving up nearly two home runs per nine innings. And I do think that that is important to note because when it comes to taking a look at Oakland, and this is something that I wound up answering on my podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, which you're able to get that wherever you find your podcast. That's in the VEASAN bets, bets feed as well. But when it comes to taking a look at these West Coast games day to night, the ball just travels so much differently in Oakland during a day game. Like this is going to be 12.37 p.m. Pacific time for his pitch if you're out there on the East Coast, 3.37 p.m. But you're going to notice that when the Marine layer is out during the nighttime, it is just a slog to be able to get any sort of a home run whatsoever. Meanwhile, during the daytime, it's a little bit more hitter-friendly, and that's going to be all about the Toronto Blue Jays as well. You've got George Springer along with Bo Bichette at the top of the fold. These guys are in between about a 255 to a 260. We all know what Vlad Guerrero Jr. is able to do. He's been able to give this team 19 bombs. And Alejandro Kirk, under the radar, has become one of the best hitting catchers that you're able to find in the big leagues. Hitting a little bit over a 300 right around a 400 on base. So he has been spectacular for this bunch. And even guys towards the bottom of the fold, they're able to get on base for this Blue Jays team. As a matter of fact, they've been the best over team in Major League Baseball over the last five weeks. And then for the Oakland A's, they have not been generating a lot of offense to say the least, but they are a team that they've been able to rise up a little bit more in this series, being able to score four plus runs in the first two games of it. And all of a sudden, you've got guys that are starting to pick it up. In the game that we wound up seeing on Monday, going into that game, nobody was hitting above a 240 for this bunch. All of a sudden, you've now got three guys above that threshold in Christian Bethencourt, Ramon Laureano, a couple with Sheldon Noisy. So that's able to help them out a little bit. You do have guys that just are not able to go yard for this team. Seth Brown is the only guy that has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. He was out of the fold yesterday for this bunch, so that winds up hurting them just a little bit. But when it comes to this Blue Jays bullpen, hard to have a lot of faith in these guys, either as Tim Meza, one of their top bullpen pieces. He did wind up getting used up yesterday. You've still got Tevin Phelps out there in the bullpen. He has been good. Adam Simbers had a little bit of an up-and-down season, but I will say this for the Oakland A's as well. You had you got pretty much four guys in this bullpen that have a sub-3-5 ERA. A.J. Puck, Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, and Sam Maul. Three of these guys wound up throwing yesterday. Now, nobody for more than 14 pitches, but that usage, it does wind up taking a little bit out of you. And for the Oakland A's, just been a relatively bad bullpen in general thus far this season. They are in the bottom six in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. And really, both of these teams come in in poor form with regards to the bullpen. 482 ERA over the last 30 days. For the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen, 499 for the Oakland A's. So, I mean, both of these teams, they just have not been able to function very well in general. So, I do think that there's going to be some runs to be had for the Oakland A's. But I do think that Jose Barrios is going to have a little bit of a better start than James Caprillion. Caprillion, just all throughout his career, has not necessarily been able to locate very well. And when you've got only about six or so strikeouts for nine innings and you're not locating, that is a duo that is just not going to be able to work out very well for you for Caprillion. He's been giving up just a bunch of hard contact as well, so there are a lot of issues that you've got with him at this point, coupled with not being backed up by much of a bullpen, coupled with being backed up by one of the worst offenses that we have seen in quite a long time. And as a matter of fact, for Mr. Caprillion, giving up 1.7 home runs per nine innings, posting up an ERA that is a 5.43, and so bad from at 5.43 ERA, it's actually better 
than his fielding independence. So he actually should be giving up more runs than he does right now. But he's been a beneficiary of the ballpark in general. I do look at this total and I like it over. And when it comes to the Blue Jays, I want up saying them minus 188 on the money line. I think that this is going to be a breakout game for them. I'm willing to lay the current minus 110 that we're seeing at DraftKings. In terms of the run line, as a matter of fact, I'd be willing to lay up to a minus 115 on this run line. I do think that you've got quite a bit of value. I think that this is a good spot for the Blue Jays to be able to get some runs and be able to get off the schneid with regards to the series. So I'm looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Jays. And then let's take a look at Rangers versus Orioles. This is 969, 970 on the betting board. Fair team set. They wound up scoring a lot of runs on Tuesday as it's going to be Glenn Otto going for the Texas Rangers and Spencer Watkins is going to be going for Baltimore. A relative pick'em game here. Texas is finding themselves at DraftKings a minus-120 favorite. I'm seeing a lot of other minus-110s out there. I'm even seeing a couple minus-105s. And if you like the Orioles, you're able to find them around even money to minus-105 with a total of 9.5. And And with Baltimore, I'm willing to lay up to about a minus-108 with them. Spencer Watkins had a no good, very bad, terrible year during 2021. He was giving up over two home runs per nine innings. As a matter of fact, in terms of just starting pitchers, it was one of the worst seasons I've really ever seen for anyone as he wound up posting up an ERA that was hovering in the neighborhood of eight. He was especially bad at home. He's been able to figure it out recently. His first few starts coming off the injured list, you had to like what you wound up seeing there. And for Glenn Otto, he just has had a tough time in terms of command, giving up over four and a half walks per nine innings. Spencer Watkins more on 3.7 himself now with Watkins. He's not going to get a lot of swings and misses, but his home runs per nine rate, that has been cut in half. He's doing a much better job of being able to avoid some barrels. Now, fielding independent of a 504, that's not necessarily too terrific. And for both of these teams, they're completely spent with regards to their bullpens. And as a matter of fact, going into the game that we wound up seeing on Tuesday, both of these teams were top six teams. In terms of bullpen ERA with the Orioles finding themselves number four with that regard. And both of those wound up going down a little bit. But with the Orioles, I do have a little bit of faith in them because at the top, you got a trio of guys in Trey, as I call him, Boo Boo Mancini, along with Austin Ace and Ryan Mocastle, all hitting at least a 270 for this punch. And Cedric Mullins, the man that had the walk-off hit for this Orioles team yesterday, he has been really been able to pick it up recently. He was, I believe, a silver slugger last year. He has been able to hit over a 300 over the last three days for the team. You don't necessarily have a ton of power with this Orioles team, but Anthony Santander has been able to give you 15 home runs. And for Texas, you've been able to notice that Marcus Simeon has been able to come on for the team. He had zero home runs through the first 40 games of the season, but has been able to pick it up ever since then. 10 home runs, essentially, in the last 40 games for this bunch. And Kyle Seager, he's, or Corey Seager, he's been able to give you 16 home runs, doing a relatively solid job. I'll be able to get on base with the Rangers. You don't necessarily have anyone other than really Nate Lowe hitting above a 260 for the team, but you've got a bunch of guys like a Adolis Garcia, Simeon, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Josh Smith, Seager, all these guys hitting between about a 235 to a 250-ish. So they do have quite a bit of consistency with the team, but with the Baltimore Orioles, they've got a little bit of a deeper bullpen, in my opinion, which is going to be big because so many of these arms, they did wind up getting burnt out yesterday, and with Glenn Otto and his command issues, I think that that's going to knock him out of this game relatively early. I do think that we're going to see a bounce back in terms of both of these just pitchers in general. I did wind up saying Matola at a 9.1 after both teams wanted getting into 9 yesterday. I think that the bet's going to be a little bit more tired here, so I'm going to be taking a look at an under with the Orioles, willing to lay a minus 108 with them, so I'm going to be taking a look at them on the money line, and in the final segment, going to give you guys what I'm going to be writing up for DK Nation 
for the MLB on Wednesday and trying to just give you guys everything that I like on this card. That's coming up next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here for just $19. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You get everything that VEASAN has to offer now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll be able to get all of our best bets, including Adam Burke's daily best bets in the MLB. You also get NFL preseason coverage and premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which includes a daily best bets email, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, you also get our betting tools and live video streaming. Cost is just $19 to be a subscriber now through July 31st, and you're able to go to VEASAN.com slash summer now to be able to get that offer as it is a final segment of the look at with myself greg peterson if you are listening to me live well you're going to be getting three more hours of greg peterson i don't know whether to say sorry or i don't know whether to say you are welcome but that is going to be going down and if you're listening to the replay you are going to be getting follow the money up next guys i'm sure are going to have a lot to be able to take a look at especially in terms of the cy young voting what we wanted seeing out of sandy alcantara on tuesday so that is going to be absolutely excellent as they always provide an absolutely terrific show. But let's take a look at what we've got on the diamond for Wednesday, and I'll be doing a write-up for this game. How about if we wind up going to the National League? 957-958, the Atlanta Braves. They are going to be playing us to the St. Louis Cardinals as Miles Michaelis is going to be taking them out for St. Louis, and it is Max Fried who winds up getting the start for Atlanta. And Atlanta, they are finding themselves a relatively sizable favorite. Lowest number I'm seeing is a minus 180. I'm seeing as high. Minus 187 out there as well. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, find them as bad as a plus 155. Really as good as right around a plus 169. And with that total of 8.5, I like it under. This is what the write-up is going to be based around because got a pair of guys in Miles Michaelis along with Max Fried that posted up two sub 275 areas as far this season. But the big thing when it comes to Miles Michaelis and also Max Fried as well is that these guys do a great job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. For Michaelis, giving up right around 0.7 home runs per nine innings. And for Max Freed, that's more in the neighborhood of 0.7 with Michaelis. He's been able to post up a sub-3 ERA on the road. He's really been able to have his game travel. With Max Freed, he actually has a little bit of a higher ERA at home rather than on the road. But part of that is because he always winds up having like two or three bad starts to begin the season uh, that wound up happening at home. And ever since then, he has been able to get things sorted out as Max Freed overall has given up two runs or fewer in seven out of his last eight starts 
for Miles Michaelis. Two earned runs or fewer in four of his last five. So both of these guys, they do wind up coming in in relatively solid form. Now, if you do have trepidation with this, it is at the St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves. They both have very, very good offenses as Austin Riley now hitting right around 265. He's been able to go deep north of 20 times thus far this season for the Atlanta Braves. On top of that, you know, Marcel Zuna has been able to give you 15-plus home runs. Michael Harris II has been tremendous as a rookie thus far. He has certainly been able to supply for this team, hitting right around a 300. Ronald Cunha Jr. is able to find a way on base. Sainsby Swanson, double-digit amount of bombs. He's been able to 300 as well. And then for Paul Goldschmidt, he's right now finding himself one of the front runners for MVP, hitting in the neighborhood about a 340, 19 home runs thus far this season. Brendan Donovan has been able to get on base along with Juan Yepes. A pair of young guys who have come up, both hitting above a 275. Nolan Arenado has 17 bombs. He's hitting at 275, so we got a lot to offer there. But for the Atlanta Braves, on top of the fact that they've got Max Fried on the mound, they also help out the Thunder with having the best bullpen array out there in the big leagues. Now, they did wind up getting back Tyler Mazik for the first time in quite a while on Tuesday as well. So that completely bolsters this bullpen as well. A.J. Minter along Dylan Lee. Both of these guys have a sub-2 ERA for this bullpen. Jackson Stevens, he's been used as a little bit more of a long guy. It's been a little bit up and down for him, but he, Jesse Chavez, a pair of guys are able to give you a little bit of length. They're able to do a solid job in this bullpen. And though the St. Louis Cardinals did not wind up getting a lot of length out of their starter in Andre Pallanti on Tuesday, as a result of them being down by quite a few runs, they use up more of their, shall we say, less than trustworthy guys. So someone like Ryan Elsley, who's been able to post up a sub-2 ERA, he is going to be available in this game. Giovanni Gallegos has been solved for this bunch all season long. Junior Fernandez, by the way, he has yet to give up an earned run thus far this season. It's been a lot of the injured, I guess you shall call them veterans, who have really been letting down the St. Louis Cardinals bullpen like a TJ McFarlane, for example. You've also got someone that they picked up off the scrap heap from Cleveland and Nick Wickren. These guys have been terrible. They're both on the injured list, so you don't have to worry about them lining up blowing this game on you. So you got a relatively solid bullpen in that regard. And the Cardinals, they would be a little bit higher than 13th in terms of bullpen ERA, but they have those random innings that Albert Pools and Yadier Molina want throwing just for fun when games were relatively decided. So I factor that in a little bit as well, but I do think that you're going to have Miles Michaelis, someone who very nearly threw a no-hitter a little bit earlier this season against the Pittsburgh Pirates firing all cylinders. I think that Max Fried also going to have a nice start in, and even though you wind up seeing the Atlanta Rays and St. Louis Cardinals combined for, I believe it was six innings, in, or six runs in the first inning of the game that we wound up seeing on Tuesday, that game wound up going under, and I do think that with the Cardinals struggling a little bit on offense, three runs or fewer in five out of their last six, that is going to be extended by the fact that they've got Max Freed that they have to go up against. So we're going to be doing a write-up for the under. And with the Cardinals, I do think that you've got a relatively solid value here on Miles Michaelis. I was willing to take anything north of a plus 145 or seeing across the board. This number be a plus 150 or greater. So I'm going to be taking the plus price when it comes to St. Louis Cardinals. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well. I'm going to take a look at a relatively sizable favorite on this one. 955, 956. Washington Nationals. They hit the road. They're facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies as Aaron Nola is going to be on the bump for the Phillies and Josiah Gray. He goes for the Washington Nationals. Total on this game is eight. Pretty heavy juice on the under of eight. And when it comes to the Phillies, find them pretty much across the board, anywhere between a minus 215 to a minus 220 favorite. And when it comes to the Nationals, find them anywhere between about a plus 185 to a plus 195. And for the Nationals, I needed north of $2 to be able to take a shot here. So I'm going to be looking to the Phillies, and 
If you're looking at the run line, which I'm going to be looking to reduce the juice, you're finding this in a lot of places right around a minus 110. Right now, seeing at DraftKings, you're able to get plus money on this, and that really appeals to me. You're able to turn a $2 favorite into a plus money bet. That is something that is very solid as long as you think that they're able to get to the team that they're facing off against. And even with Bryce Harper out of the fold, you still have mashers for this Philadelphia Phillies team. Kyle Schwarber still hanging right around 215, but his on-base percentage hovering in the neighborhood about a 340, and he's been able to give this team north of 20 home runs thus far this season. On top of that, got a lot of guys like and Alec Bohm. When he's been out there, Yoan Camargo, Nick Cassianos. These guys have been able to do a solid job getting in that neighborhood of about a 245 to a 260-ish. Matt Fierling has been able to give you a couple of nice at-bats as well. And for the Washington Nationals, you do have guys that are able to get on base for you. The batting average is not the issue with this bunch as you've got guys like Mikel Franco, Cesar Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, getting in that neighborhood of about a 240 to 255. As a matter of fact, the Washington Nationals are in the top eight in the big leagues in terms of batting average, but Right now, their leader in home runs, Juan Soto. He is currently out of the fold, and Juan Soto was actually the betting favorite for National League MVP coming into the season. It's been a big, giant Buster Rooney of a season from only in right around 225 on base has been solid, but he is currently dealing with a little bit of an ailment for this Washington Nationals team, so that means that Josh Bell is really their best power bat. Double-digit amount of formers for him. Been able to hit above a 300, but hard to have any faith whatsoever in this Washington Nationals bullpen. Tanneranius in ERA that's hovering right around four. He's been getting shelled a little bit recently. Carl Edwards Jr. was looked at as someone that could be able to give you a little bit of something for the team, but he has regressed. Steve Ciszek, north of a four ERA. Kyle Finnegan is hovering right around a four with his ERA as well, so it's not been going well for this bunch whatsoever. And then you take a look at the flip side where the Philadelphia Phillies, and I'm not going to go up here and say that the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen is like supremely awesome or anything like that, but they have been in the top half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA ever since they wound up firing Joe Girardi. You've had Corey Knebel in the seventh inning be relatively solid for this team. Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad Hand, both of these guys have a sub-225 ERA. And for Aaron Nola, throughout his career, aside from really this year, he's always been significantly better at home than he has been on the road. This year has been a little bit strange. He's got an ERA hovering right around 215 when he's on the road, and it's nearly double that at home. A lot of this is because he's just been giving up the deep ball in general out of his 10 home runs thus far this season surrendered. Seven of them have wound up coming at home, and despite the fact that opponents are hitting like 15 to 20 points lower off of him at home, he's got a worse ERA at home as a result. I do think that there's going to be positive progression with this. I think that the ball is not going to be flying out so much because, well, going up against a team in the Washington Nationals that is currently dead last in the National League in terms of home runs per game, so that is going to be very beneficial for him. And for Josiah Gray, I think that there's going to be negative regression with the way that he's pitching on the road. He's got north of a 6 ERA at home. On the road, this winds up falling to a sub-225. It's been very fascinating to take a look at that. This has been someone that has been giving up quite a few home runs for his career ever since he wound up getting called up by the LA Dodgers last season. He's been giving up north of 1.7 home runs per nine innings. He doesn't necessarily do the world's worst job with regards to walks. He's able to give you some nice swings and misses, but having to go up against this Philadelphia Phillies team, I think that that's going to be a relatively bad matchup. I think that his road numbers are going to start to creep up and up and up. And this is a Philadelphia Phillies team that even with Bryce Harper out of the fold, they've just been a different bunch ever since Joe Girardi did wind up getting fired. Meanwhile, it's a Washington Nationals team that they've been bad at home. They've been bad on the road. 
There have not been a lot of redeeming qualities with this team whatsoever, so I'm going to be looking to fade them. I'm going to be looking at the Philadelphia Phillies on the run line, and I do think that the Phillies are going to be able to get into that bad Nationals bullpen to be able to give you the over on eight in this spot. So that's what we're taking a look at in terms of the Major League Baseball slate on Wednesday. We've got you covered with a little bit of everything here on VEASAN. It never winds up stopping, and if you're listening to the replay, you're going to be hearing me next. If you're, or if you're listening to the replay, you're going to be hearing Follow the Money next. If you're listening to me live, it's going to be myself once again right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.